Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the official SEC Week Slow Smokes Week Eight Preview Podcast. I am the best host of live, Alex, aka Bullshit One. I think we got Holt Smash in the house. You there, Holt? Alex, how's it going, dude? I am doing all right, man. I'm a little tired. It's late, late night for me. Worked, worked hard today and plugged some numbers in Excel. And um, now we're going to talk about football, which should be the relieving part, but it's it's uh, um, a little little preparation involved, right, JB? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you were at work what until like eight o'clock tonight? I mean, what happened? Did your boss uh, get his panties in a wad? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was um, <laughs> it was seven thirty Eastern, but that was actually earlier than the night before when I got off work at like nine. So it was it's some crazy times at work, but. I think you do flex time where I could get off like at three o'clock on Friday if I wanted to. So we'll, we'll see. It, yeah, we'll see. And here's another thing. I am, you know, we're like over halfway through the season now. Did you guys know that? That's kind of depressing. Yeah, it always goes so fast. Like it wait, it wait, it takes so long to get here, and then it just like flies by. Yeah, like last weekend was the halfway week, or so. Like after starting now, like we're going into the second half of the season, but it's just, it happened so fast because it, it seems like yesterday that it was Labor Day weekend and opening weekend. I hate how fast the season goes. One thing I don't like is the, um, the NBA season started tonight. I love basketball and NBA specifically, but I do not like how early it's starting this year. I, I get more excited if it starts around November 1st or around Halloween, but now it's already here and like, I'm not even ready for it, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Like, mid-October is way too early for basketball for me. Like, I love basketball, and it's an awesome sport, but it's just way too early. I know why the NBA is doing it, because they're trying to limit the back-to-backs and give teams more off nights. But the way they should have done it is extend the season, you know, maybe to the end of June, close to the 4th of July, instead of starting it earlier in mid-October, you know, the heart of football season. I I think it's it's much easier to compete against MLB regular season than I think it is against the college football and NFL regular season. Yeah, are y'all are y'all excited about the two upcoming pro football leagues that are competing with NFL? I think it's the XFL and the AAF or something like that. I forgot what it's called, American Alliance of Football or something like that. Yeah, Alliance or yeah, Alliance American American Alliance, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, for I'm, I'm probably not gonna watch any of it, but who knows? Hey, Steve Spurrier is coaching a team. Yeah, Steve Spurrier is coaching. Memphis has a team, right? Yeah, the Memphis coach is uh, – he used to coach the 49ers. Uh, gosh, I know his name. Uh, Mike Singletary. Okay. Wow. Former Bears linebacker with the crazy yeah. eyes. Yeah, 85 Bears. I think I think those two pro leagues Can't would be – Can't do it. <laughs> I think those pro, two pro leagues would be even more interesting if – I've heard this take before a couple of times. If they did, did away with the rule where you have to wait till a junior in college to come out to the NFL – um, if they did away with that and tried to recruit from high school seniors, I think that'd be pretty cool to see, like Tua playing in pro football before he got to the NFL or staying in pro football instead of going to college. But also, I would kind of hate that because I love college football. So never mind. I I, did, I digress. Never mind. That, that was a stupid idea. Week eight football is here upon us. Um, we just talked about it's halfway through the season. It's mid October. We're getting close to Halloween. Which means it's getting close to chili time. JB, have you made your world famous chili yet? You know, I was actually just thinking about it this week, uh, plotting out when I'm going to make my first pot of the season. Usually, I make. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I like to make my first pot around Halloween. 
but Halloween, you know, is falling in the middle of the week. So right. it's, it's probably going to be uh, maybe the weekend of October 27th. That's probably when I'm going to make my first pod, and then I'll have some of that, uh, you know, feed me through that weekend and <clears throat> most of the next week. So and hopefully it's going to be cool. I mean, I don't want it to be warm, but usually around Halloween is the perfect time to make your first pot. Not my favorite, but I did have uh, white bean chicken chili tonight, so it kind of reminded me of that. Yuck. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, don't say out too loud, JB. It wasn't me who cooked it. So Who's, who, I, I bet I know who cooked it. But, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're you're honestly, like the the Ron Swanson in me is like saying, "I will not eat this shit." Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not real chili, but um, it's a start. Hold, have you had anything, any festive foods for October? It's pumpkin, pumpkin spice latte. Have you had any pump, pumpkin spice lattes or pumpkins <laughs> in your in your sides? Pumpkin. Uh, no, unfortunately, I've not. Um, may need to uh, head on over to Starbucks. The only Starbucks here is like in a Target, so I may have to like. <laughs> That is the ultimate basic white girl move. If you have a Starbucks and a Target, um, yeah. we have that back back at home. We got that right, JB. Yeah, well, most of the Targets here in Memphis do have a Starbucks inside. Yeah, it's good. Good marketing. Good marketing. They they got the it demographic is. figured out. Um, but yeah, you, oh, you need to get on that pumpkin spice latte, especially since you're a um, legally single man, but also literally single man. So you could really tear up uh, tear up some. Uh, your your target market if you want to target slash starbucks so maybe you need to figure that out but that's yeah, for another that's right. for another for another store for another a story for another time we're on to week eight football um which i'm excited about but i'm always excited about football but this i guess this week i'm even more excited because there's a strong chance for me doing nothing the entire weekend as in even saturday night when it gets around nine or ten o'clock i don't even think i'm going to go out so i'll be able to watch the entire games from start to finish i uh, am absolutely I, uh, surprised Alex, hold on, hold on. Uh, one at a time. Uh, what, what's up, Holt? <laughs> I was just going to say, like, uh, I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, but, like, aren't you, like, really excited that you can finally bring up Memphis and it's actually relevant to the SEC this week? Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think of it like that because I bring up Memphis regardless if they're playing Missouri or another SEC team or not. Um, so I am still um, about the same. But I am excited because I can talk about how Memphis is going to beat Missouri, contrary to your two opinions. I know you all are Memphis haters, one on one. JB, by the way, even though Tennessee beat Auburn, Memphis still owns the state, so you can go suck a dick. Okay. All right, thanks. Um, week eight, though. Non- you do you, Alex. <laughs> Non-conference games. We have Michigan, Michigan State. Um, I think it's at Michigan State. Um, noon, noon game, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. That's always exciting. Thank God, Big Ten. Um, likes to do their games really early, so you have something to do in the morning as opposed to winning to the prime time sometimes. Um, other games, uh, so Michigan State or Michigan at Michigan State, you have NC State at Clemson, both undefeated teams. And then you have the game day game, which is Oregon at Washington State, um, which if we're thinking about this, you would, you would think that ESPN would do NC State at Clemson for the game day game. This game's on ESPN. Both teams are undefeated. NC State's Five and zero, Clemson six and zero. However, Clemson is a seventeen and a half point favorite. Also, if they finally go to Washington State, um, I guess they won't have to wave the Washington State flag at every single game day. So, I'll ask you, hold. Do you think that ESPN did this just because it's like a self fulfilling prophecy? They had those Washington State flags uh, flying every single game day, 
Um, and do you think it's just like they finally wanted to do something right for them? Yeah, and I think they haven't been there before, so I think they were just really uh, looking for an excuse to get there. They had a few opportunities the last couple of years, and uh, Washington State would always lose like the week before they were supposed to get game day, so they never went there. But uh, they finally were able to go this week. Um, thankfully, it was a double win for Washington State because um, they got to see their biggest rival, Washington, lose last week, and that's what helped them get – Game day for Oregon this week made it a bigger matchup. So double win for uh, for Washington State. JB, me and you back in the day, I think it was 2015, went to the Florida at Tennessee game where game day was there. And Tennessee came back in the second half and won by down by like 30 points, whatever it was. Um, we went to that game day and we actually got to the game um, early enough to where we could see Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreit, and everybody else. Um, we saw the Washington State flag there, but if you remember correctly, I think it wasn't a Washington State fan that brought the flag, correct? No, it's not. They they provide those flags, some of those flags for every single game day episode, and Washington State is one of the flags that they have at every single game day site. So it's, it's a little disappointing when you break it out like that or you tell the truth. Because you you want to believe that Washington State fans are crazy and travel all over the country to make sure their flag flies high at game day, but not always the case, according to JB and my my me, because I saw it with my two, own two eyes also. But still happy for Washington State to get game day, and I I really want to I really hope that they uh, interview Mike Leach as much much as possible because he's always fun to listen to on in any interview. Um, do you think Holt that Mike Leach is the best interview coach or is it Coach O or is it Les Miles? Is it Steve Spurrier, Bielema? There's a lot of good interviews. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a lot of good ones. Um, you know, I think Mike Leach just because of his, uh, you know, just, he's so uh, what's, 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 the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, he don't give like, he's. He's just proven so much, like, over the course. He's got a good body of work, I guess, is what, is what I'm looking for. He's got a good body of work when it comes to good interviews. He's had so many. And, uh, you know, maybe some of the best ones of all time have been, like, you know, guys like Mike Gundy or, you know, maybe some other, like, one-hit wonders. But, uh, you know, Mike Leach really brings it um, cons- on a consistent basis. And, um, you know, I think he just – I think that's why he has to be uh, number one. They have good quarterbacks. Washington State does. Probably more of a factor of Mike Leach because Mike Leach has always had good quarterbacks wherever, he, wherever he's been. He's always had good quarterbacks. The quarterback this year for Washington State, um, Gardner Minshew, I think is the way, is the way you Minch, pronounce it. Minshew. Minshew, right. Um, he's not, I don't think he's number one in the country, but he's definitely like top ten in the country for passing yards. Um, and you have an interesting story to tell us about him. You knew him personally, right? <laughs> no, I did not know him personally. Y'all didn't um, go to together? Uh, well, considering there's no Bojangles in Mississippi, no, we did not. Canes, Chick-fil-A. But uh, Pigan, his, Pigan his uh, uncle uh, I worked with um, for a little while, Chris uh, Minshew. So shout out to him if he's listening. Um, probably didn't expect to get a shout out on this show today if he is, but there it is. Well, of course he's listening religiously. And uh, I'm sure he is. And uh, so shout out to him. His, his nephew played – Right down uh, the road for me at Brandon High School in uh, Brandon, Mississippi, just outside of Jackson. And uh, uh, 
didn't get the offers he wanted initially out of high school, so he went to JUCO for a year or two, and then he transferred to East Carolina, where he played really well for a couple of years. And uh, had he was a grad transfer this year, and he was supposed to go to Alabama, and he was going to be, you know, he was perfectly content with being the backup, and he just wanted to go, uh, you know, learn from Nick Saban about coaching, and he wanted to get into coaching. Um, and then Mike Leach called him up after – uh, you know, the tragic events there with their quarterback uh, passing away and, uh, you know, offered him a spot and said, we want you to come be our guy. And, you know, he decided to go and, you know, now he's one of the top passers in the country. Obviously a good offense for passing, but at the same time, he's playing in a power five conference and, you know, you still got to go make the throws and, you know, they're having a good season so far. So hopefully he'll keep it up, make, make the state of Mississippi proud. That has to be a huge culture shock moving from Mississippi to Washington State. Um, yeah. He went to East Carolina, so that's still kind of south. Um, so it's not a big big change, but Washington is a huge change. There's actually um, – I've listened to Luke Del Rio uh, speak a little bit. He's getting bigger and bigger in the podcast game, trying to compete with us. But um, I guess we'll have to throw him, throw him some tips every now and then if he wants to get really big. But um, I actually really don't like his personality if you, think about, if you ever listen to him. He's kind of a – kind of a turd he's very cocky and he's like kind of a florida homer which doesn't make sense because he went to like 20 different schools in his four or five years of playing football but he talks really bad about his experience at oregon state how he really didn't like his time and how there's nothing really there in oregon state wherever it is it's um beaverton right is that right corvallis corvallis where's corvallis (laughs) he's headquarters (laughs) Uh, I mean, they are they are the Oregon State. Fast Beaver, word to so God, Beaverton is uh, a actual state city. Are y'all sure? Maybe it's <laughs> all right, uh, bro. Right, bro, I think we're gonna need to fact check fact check you on that, bro. Maybe it's a um, maybe it's a state and y'all don't know about it yet. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all can go suck a dick because I'm about to tell y'all what's up real quick. The city is seven miles west of downtown Portland. Population's eighty nine thousand, and I think this is where Nike is headquarters, company headquarters. Uh, Research fine foods processor and distributor of fresh prepared foods is has headquarters in Beaverton since nineteen sixty. So I knew there was something there. So just I think there there has to be a satellite campus there, Beaverton. So I, I'm probably not wrong. We'll see. Yeah, I, mean, I can't believe he went all the way up to Beaverton, and then I guess that's where game day's going now is Beaverton, Washington. Um, good for them. Good for them getting up there. They have a good. They have good. Uh, uh, it's not Everton, Washington. It's Pullman. JB, no. JB, I'm messing with me. I'm messing with you, JB. Okay. Thank you. Well, I just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to correct yeah, you. Thanks. And you also take the opportunity to let me know when I'm spelling there and there wrong, or two and two, or whatever else. So I appreciate that. Even though I could correct you like every five seconds of my life, JB. <laughs> but. Washington State is where game day is um, this week. It'll be a good game. I'm excited. It's a, I think it's a late, late kickoff, right? It has to be. 7.30. That's not too late, actually. 7.30 Eastern time. That's not too bad. Um, but it'll still be a good game. So I'm excited about that. Offense, offense, offense. Who has better offense, JB, Oregon or Washington State? Uh, the Oregon offense is a little more balanced. I mean, they're able to run the ball more effectively. Uh, when you look at the total yards, uh, there's only three yards that separate these two offenses. Uh, Washington average or Washington State averages 485 yards total offense, and Oregon's 40. God dang, Gabby, are you reading something uh, or is this in your mind? No, no, I knew this. Uh, I, I've done, I've done a little, I've done a little bit of research. 
Uh, I like Justin Herbert more as a quarterback, even though uh, Washington State's quarterback is pretty good too. The thing about Herbert is just that he is an NFL prospect. Uh, I think he's emerged now as maybe the uh, number one prospect in the 2018 you know draft class. You know why? Because there's a lack thereof, and Holt, Holt's effectively gotten off Drew Locke's wiener, so now um, there is – there are no good quarterbacks for this. Yeah, Drew Locke and Jared Siddon's stock have both dropped, and uh, Justin Herbert's stock has risen. So now he's number one prospect in the 2018 draft as of week eight of this season. But, yeah, like uh, I, I probably would still take Oregon's offense just because I prefer balance over just being one-dimensional, even though Mike Leach would definitely disagree with me saying, what balance? Yeah, he actually made that. I think he made that argument at one point this season when somebody asked him that question. He did. Oh, I guess that's what you're referencing. Good, cool, cool. We're on the same page. Um, okay, thanks, thanks for the little uh, tidbit facts, JB, on how many offensive yards each team has. I appreciate that. No sarcasm. I actually do appreciate that. Um, other issues going around the country before we get into SEC talk. Um, Nick Boza, Ohio State's star defensive player, who is projected to be a first round draft pick, and also the brother of Joey Boza, currently playing in the NFL, um, has decided to quit school and leave Ohio State to prepare for the NFL draft. He's projected to be a first-round draft pick, so you can understand why, especially given that he just got injured. So I guess he didn't want to risk his millions of, and millions of dollars. Um, <laughs> you remember that whole he, shout-out? Is that The Rock? <laughs> yeah, it's The Rock or Chip <laughs> One. I can do it better. Um, I can understand why he would um, leave Ohio State because he doesn't want to risk his – Millions. And millions. And millions of Nick Bosa's money. <laughs> All right, sorry. Um, anyway, so two, two sides of this issue. Um, he's leaving a undefeated Ohio State team, a 7-0 undefeated Ohio State team that could compete for not only Big Ten Championship but also National Championship and maybe get the chance to lose to Alabama by less than 30 points. It's very, very um, prestigious. You only, you only, you're only in college once. You only compete for college championships once, um, or three or four years if you're Alabama. If you go to Alabama, but he has that chance, that opportunity. But at the same time, he could play and risk getting hurt more in his draft stock, falling into the second round or third round. So this is Nick Bosa that we're talking about, but this is also a general issue of other players um, that's been in the SEC. For instance, people talked about Leonard Fournette should should have sat out the entire um, his entire junior year because of his injury history. Same with um, Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The guy from South Carolina, I think it was named Clowney. He, he got injured, and he um, was risking every single time he played um, of losing all those millions of dollars. Um, so let's talk about this for a second, um, what you could do. Another, another thing I want to bring up before you all – talk about this is there is always the opportunity to buy insurance on your draft status so like if you're a guaranteed not guaranteed but a projected first round draft pick you can always buy insurance like a fifty thousand dollar insurance policy which you don't have to pay out right now um that says if you'll get hurt and for some reason get follow the first round draft draft then um x insurance company will pay you a million dollars something like that so there is that option but hold you're you're nick bosa or you're a um star running back is that what you'd be or would you be a lineman i don't know i've always kind of wanted to be like a defensive end or a linebacker or something and hit people okay well we'll say you're you're a middle linebacker you're you're ray lewis but except for you didn't kill anybody in buckhead so you're you're a good ray <laughs> lewis you're a good ray lewis and Ooh, man what a shot 
Hey, he didn't he didn't play in the SEC, so he pun intended. <laughs> that was good. In fact, you know, little little history history lesson for you all. Um, I learned this when I got to Atlanta. He um, he was not not him specifically, but this is part of the reason why the Buckhead Bar started closing at two thirty as opposed to three or four when they used to because they used to say open way past two thirty. But then there's all this crime that happened at two thirty. Rayleigh's okay, Rayleigh's shooting somebody and getting away with it. Now they're saying like, okay, we're gonna start stop crime by closing at two thirty. So now. My Saturday nights are limited slash Sunday morning, so I appreciate that, Ray Lewis. Anyway, Holt, you're Ray Lewis, um, the good Ray Lewis. You're a sophomore. You just had a great sophomore year at, I guess, Mississippi State. You beat Ole Miss, and you end up beating Northwestern in the uh, Capital One Bowl. So you're, like, what, 9-3, and 10-3? Ten and, ten and no, we'll, we'll go 9-4. and four. And you're projected to be a first-round draft pick, um, but you have to play your junior year first and risk getting hurt. What do you do, Holt? Do you play – your junior year and for the chance to go 10 and two and beating Ole Miss and possibly Auburn again, or do you sit out the entire junior year to stay in the first round? No, I always say play. Um, I mean, you got such a short period of time and all this stuff. And like, I, I get it. Like, you know, Nick Bosa's hurt and like all that, but like, um, you know, I think you do whatever you can for your teammates and for your school and for your fans, like all those people, like, you know, who have invested, like, so much time uh, in you and, you know, you want to be able to give that back and you want to be able to, uh, you know, to be the best player you can be for your teammates and your fans, just like I'm saying, and, um, you know, not, you know, be a little bitch, basically, and decide that money is more important than uh, the people who care about you. Lame, lame, lame. JB? Yeah, I know, I know, Alex, like, you know, you would – you know, you could have been like a seventh round draft pick, and you wouldn't. Have <laughs> yeah, you get the chance to make eighty three thousand dollars in ocean. I'm out of here. I could pay eighty three thousand dollars, or I could pay fifty thousand, or I guess I wouldn't pay for a scholarship. But hey, and actually, if we want to, we want to break this down, thing down for real. Um, some some players going to the NFL might be actually a pay cut. You know what I'm saying? Like Reggie Bush out there, who got a house and other things at USC. Oh, here, here's Larry a little Tunsil. quick fact. Here's yeah, a little quick Tunsil. fact for you. Here's a little quick fact. Uh, I was here, JB. A guy that we went to high school with, who's now the uh, long snapper for the Green Bay Packers, he was drafted in the late uh, late sixth round. So a long snapper, he got a, he got signed to a guarantee, to a contract. You want to take a guess what his signing bonus was? Two million sixty nine thousand no. uh, dollars. It was a little bit more than that. It was actually eighty two thousand. So he got eighty two thousand dollars signing bonus, and now of course he's on the team. So he, he got eighty two thousand dollars a pocket just for being drafted. That's, I mean, that's that's small. That's chunk change, though, JB. Um, it is chunk change, but I mean, come on, like Uncle Sam saw a good bit of that too. Yeah, I mean, if I if I got eighty two thousand dollars, you know, throw into the bank, you know, to have, you know, I would put a lot of that into like investments too. How much? How much? How many? How much? Five guys would you buy, JB? I mean, I'd probably want to like uh, use that as down payment to franchise one. No, no, I'm not talking. I like JB. Come on, you would never. So then I'd have buy it the burgers. You just buy the burgers. You maybe you would buy the five guys so you could buy the. Burgers are cost, so you would have to pay five guys market price. I just told you I would use it as a down payment to franchise one. So then I would own one, and then I could have as many five guys burgers as I want, and then balloon to about five hundred pounds and die at fifty-two of a massive heart attack. Yeah, yeah that. I feel like your your business would be very unsuccessful if you were you know using all the product on yourself. Yeah, what's what's the first rule? First rule: Don't get high on your own supply. Amen, amen, amen. See, we we learn, we educational out here today. 
But JB, you would also stay in school and compete for the national championship. I mean, I could see both sides of it. Uh, I mean, I understand what where Holt's coming from. Uh, I I think it's great to stay in the school and uh, you know try to compete. You know, especially when you're on a team like Ohio State that's still undefeated and is in the thick of the national championship race and it's probably going to be, you know, a two or three seed in the playoff if the record holds. So, yeah, like, they are going to be, be competing for a national championship. But at the same time, Bosa has the opportunity to make millions being a first-round pick, and not just being a first-round pick, but being a top-ten pick. So, yeah, he, he, he's got a golden opportunity even with this injury. So if he doesn't play the rest of the season, as long as he trains and he's able to, you know, pass physicals, you know, come next spring – He's going to be a top 10 pick, so it's a win-win for him. I mean, yeah, it kind of looks bad. It sets a bad precedent in college football because people are going to say, well, yeah, if I get hurt during my junior year and I'm a big-time prospect, I'm just going to train but not even try to come back that season. So, yeah, I, I understand that point too. But for Bosa, it's definitely, I think, even though I hate to say this, it's probably the best decision for him personally because he's going to be able to still make some money out of it as long as, you know, he's able to recover from his injuries. Well, but just, just picture, like – it's the playoff and they're playing Alabama and Tua is just sitting back there with like all the time in the world, just like picking them apart because they don't have any pass rush. And he's like totally healthy, like on the sideline. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I have a problem with that. And I just don't think that's something you do to your teammates. I don't think that's something like, I feel like when you're on a team, like you owe it to your teammates to give it your all until the season's over. And I mean, like if it's like a meaningless bowl game, you know, like I still don't like it, but at least then like I kind of understand but, like, when you're sitting here, like, I mean, like, I don't know severity of, in, of his injury. I don't know any of that. All I'm saying is, like, to me, like, I just – I really have a problem when you, like, basically bail on your teammates and your coaches who have invested so much to bring you there. And, you know, I, like, all you've – all the work you've done, like, in the classroom and, like, you know, like, all your fans who, you know, care so much about, like, what happens with this team. Like, you're just going to say, like, you don't care about any of that. And, like, all you care about is – being a, you know, like basically just ensuring that you're going to be a first round draft pick, like, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I kind of have a problem with that. Yeah. I do too. I mean, even, even players that get injured get uh, drafted. Marcus Lattimore got picked in the fourth round and he was like, ne- he, he looked like he never had a chance to make the NFL and he got picked in the fourth round. I mean, big difference between first round and fourth round money, but still. Um, you should play is what we're saying. Because otherwise, I mean, like, why would we want to talk about SEC football if you're just going to try to stay in the NFL? It doesn't make sense for us. So, um, other issues before we get into games. Um, Auburn has a little game this week. They play – who, JB? Come on, JB. What was that again? JB, are you, are you still thinking about your five guys franchise? I am He's been over there like has <laughs> been over there plotting it this I, whole I, time. Yeah, I can I'm try not. I can try every combination of condiments. <laughs> yeah, I've got like five guys burgers, you know, starting around in my head, the, like counting sheep. The irony of this whole thing about you and five guys is that five guys is your favorite place and Logan's used to be your favorite place. Both have peanuts everywhere and you're allergic to peanuts. That's the funniest thing to me. <laughs> I didn't ever even put that together until you said that. Well, that's that's pretty funny. It is, of course, that's something that Alex would put together. Well, I mean, that's kind of like logical. You think it's not like that doesn't have anything to do with money, JB. So you can't you can't even say like that's an Alex idea. I get it. But JB, answer okay. this. Answer this. Who does Auburn play this week? Auburn plays the Ole Miss Rebels. Black Bears or Rebels? Uh, I thought they were the Land Sharks. Sharks. Oh. Yeah, they're the, the Black Bear ceases to exist. 
The Lions are killed the Blackberry. I got you. Okay, yeah, so they, they play. Yeah, they play Ole Miss this week. They should should win, but it's actually a toss up. Technically, not technically, but it's it's a it's a toss up. They should win, but it's actually a toss up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should win, but it's it's actually a toss up. Three and a half point preseason is what we're saying. Three and a half point favorites Auburn this week. Who who do they still have left? Jay, but they have who? Um, Alabama at Alabama at Georgia. They, got, they play like Liberty and then and then Texas A and M at home. Right. So they should be able to be Liberty, and they maybe almost. Otherwise, they have looks like three losses. Where's the Where's the A and M game? It's in Auburn. A and M game is in Jordan Hare. But Tennessee game was at Auburn too. So now we think Texas is better in Tennessee. So that's three possible losses this week this this year, additional to what they have already. So that's six losses. So we're looking at a a fair six and six, maybe. Five and seven if they lose the Ole Miss. So this game this week is very important, right, JB? Yeah, this game is absolutely critical, in my opinion, to, for the rest of Auburn season. If they don't come away with a victory at Ole Miss this week, they're staring down a five and seven record uh, because I don't. See, they're definitely not going to beat Alabama on the road. They're definitely not beating Georgia on the road. So that, so that right there is five losses, and now that means they have to be able to split these games against Texas A&M and Ole Miss in order to make a bowl this year, assuming they beat Liberty, which they will. So, yeah, this game is absolutely crucial for them because if they lose this one, that means they're going to have to beat A&M at home. And I think between these two games, winning at Ole Miss is probably the easiest game. Even though they are a four-point favorite, I think they have the wrong team favorite in this one. I would actually put Ole Miss as the favorite. I'm, I'm still a believer in Auburn, even though um, I guess I'm just going to go down with Auburn and swing in here because uh, I did pick them to win the national championship this year, which is seems like a stupid idea now. But at the beginning of the year, it seemed pretty bright. But, um, okay, so you think that Ole Miss should be favored in this game. I, I got you. But um, let's say they finish – let's say they lose to Ole Miss and they beat Liberty but then lose to the other three games, A&M, Georgia, and Alabama. That makes them 5-7 and seven for the year. What did they do with Gus Malzahn, who they just signed an extension with before this year started? When after they beat Georgia, I think, um, or somewhere, I guess before that CCC championship, they signed a huge deal. I think it was a forty-nine million dollar deal, and there is a huge thirty-two million dollar buyout, JB, and they're not going to be happy with this five and seven result after this big contract. No, they're not. And uh, if they do finish five and seven, <clears throat> I would give my chances probably. 50-50 for Malzahn to get canned. But if they go to a bowl, I do think that they will retain Malzahn, even as disappointing as the season would be. But the only, only way I see them actually pulling the trigger and getting rid of Malzahn is if they have somebody lined up that, that the administration and the boosters think can be an upgrade over Malzahn. This, I, granted, I know it is a disappointing season. This makes no financial sense to me, JB. Auburn has a lot of money. SEC teams have a lot of money. $13 million is a whole nother level of a buyout. Les Miles had a huge buyout. Like it was 9 or $11 million, something like the 9 10 or $11 million. That was a huge buyout at the time. Charlie Wise had a huge buyout Like whenever he, they got fired like 10, whenever he got fired like 10 years ago, whenever it was. And I think he's still getting paid for that, or maybe he just finished. I don't know. But you're talking about three times the amount of the Les Miles buyout, and that was kind of hard to swallow at the time. So you're telling me that Auburn's going to just – fork over $32 million to get rid of a coach who is not a horrible coach, just a questionable coach, I guess is a better way to say it. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but if they don't make it to a bowl this season, I'm, I'm 
just telling you there is a chance. I would pro- I would put the odds at fifty fifty. Who if the, they finish the season at five and seven? Who the hell is going to pay thirty-two million dollars? Are they going to start a GoFundMe and raise tuition? What are they going to do, Jake? Money is not an issue at Auburn. They have thirty-two million. It's just whether or not the decision makers and the powers that be there, you know, the boosters and the athletic director, decide if they're willing to spend that thirty-two million. I can guarantee you, Alex Shipp, they have thirty-two million. And well, if they want to, if they want to spend it, they will. I, I I would agree with you. They do have thirty-two million dollars, but that's unprecedented in amount of buyout of buyout amount so i just don't think it's going to happen financially i think i understand they might want it to happen but i just don't think it would happen. i think they would give them another year especially it just looks bad on their part although it's kind of like a sunk cost like they made a decision in the past so they can't really change it but i just don't yeah see them i don't see them firing somebody right after they gave them extension the year before so i just i think they would wait another year which just brings me back to my point holds i'll bring you into this now um you remember back when they had the the pink slip game, Auburn versus LSU, and Auburn won barely, even though LSU could have won if there was like one second left. And yeah. less they ran a they ran a play that scored a touchdown and won the game, but then they had to go back and review it, and they actually didn't get the playoff in time. So that's that's why uh, Les Miles got fired instead of Gus Malzahn. Right? Do you do you really believe that Gus would have gotten fired if LSU I really do? I mean, that was, I mean, that was a really rough time at Auburn, and uh. You know, I definitely, I, you know, I'm having a hard time remembering, like, exactly what had happened before that. But for some reason, Auburn, like, Gus Malzahn was really on the hot seat for that game. That whole year, I think, I think it was that year, maybe the year before, too, or the year after, they, they had a Jeremy Johnson issue with that quarterback that they couldn't figure out. And they had to have Sean White play and figure it out. And they just, they couldn't do it. So, that was a huge issue there. But it's just funny how they go, we talk about this all the time. They, they go from having a quarterback issue to now having a running back issue at Auburn. But, I mean, what would you do? Holt? Would you would you fire them if my I guess if money was an issue? If Auburn went six and six or even five and seven, would you fire Gus if money wasn't an I, issue? I wouldn't, but that's only because I can't really think of like an obvious choice for like who I would want to go hire. You know what I mean? Like that's that like that's my problem. I don't have a problem with them firing them if they think they can go hire someone like really good, um, like someone on you know Dabo Sweeney. Urban Meyer, Nick Saban's, like, you know, level. I mean, Nick Saban's on his own level, but, you know, basically, like, someone that's going to be, like, a, you know, one of the top five coaches in the country, like, immediately. And I think they missed their chance with Jimbo Fisher going to A&M uh, to kind of maybe have that guy. I mean, I just – I don't know who that guy is. I don't know, you know, like, where he's going to come from. And Gus Malzahn, you know, he's proven that he's going to have ups and downs, but at the same time, he's also proven that, you know – he can beat Alabama. He can beat Nick Saban. He's done it before multiple times. And, you know, he he's never won a national championship as a head coach, but he did as an offensive coordinator. And he took Auburn to the national championship game, you know, as a head coach. So we know that he's a good coach. It's just, to me, it's a consistency thing. And I don't think, you know, like if Auburn goes and hires someone else, they may be able to find someone who can, you know, win – a little bit more consistently, like nine, ten games consistently, but I don't know if they're going to be able to find someone who's proven that they can compete with Nick Saban every, you know, two, three years. So I don't know. I, to, to me, like, I think where they're at, they should hang on to him. Um, but that's just my opinion. I, I just think Gus Malzahn um, needs to uh, decide what he's doing on offense. I think he needs to just run the offense and not have an offense coordinator call in place. Who would be the best coaching candidate right now? Is it Lane Kiffin? What if they hired, like, Bobby Petrino? I know they tried to one time. I feel like Bobby Petrino's uh, 
pretty much dry. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't. We don't. I don't. I don't know if we're ever going to see Bobby Petrino return to a high level. I mean, maybe. maybe we will, but I just. I don't see him returning to the SEC as a candidate. Maybe it's still early, but I just don't see any good coaching candidates coming up this year. Yeah. I mean, maybe Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I feel yeah. like it's probably, like, the hottest coach out there. You know, we know what happened the last time they hired a coach from Iowa State, so they won a national championship, so. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Although, I mean, SEC Network did – I, I love Gene Chizik. He's probably my favorite um, person on SEC Network is – I like I like get inside the coach's mind whenever they talk about coaches on the hot seat because he uh, breaks it down very well and how it tells us how personal it is because I guess he has a lot of experience in that. Yeah, he does. I mean, he had that one season where he was on the hot seat. Well, where he got, fired, he got yeah. fired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully, uh, for Gus's sake, um, they can beat Ole Miss and have Oxford's finest Waffle House All Star Special. I guess is what I'm trying to say. There so is not a Waffle House in Oxford. Is there not? One in Memphis? There's the actually, there's, there, I think they – I saw on Twitter today, actually, ironically, uh, they were talking about every SEC uh, campus and the closest Waffle Houses to each campus. I think for Oxford, it's like maybe four miles. So I don't know if it's actually at Oxford. It might be, you know, in a neighboring town. So I guess bet the, bet the house on, the, on Ole Miss to win this weekend. If there's no, no incentive for Gus to win, why is he going to try? Yeah, Waffle House. Yeah. Win. So we'll, um, we'll see what happens. Um Maybe Auburn's offense turns around finally against Ole Miss. Ole Miss doesn't have a defense, so they seem to help everybody's offense out. Um, other games this week. Um, Mississippi State at LSU. Fire Joe Moho. Fire Joe Moho. Have y'all shut it down yet? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not in charge of it. I know no. you guys think that, I'm, that I jumped straight off the Drew Lock train onto the Fire Joe Mo train, but I, I really didn't. I just got I, off. Can you – So can you, if, they, if they beat LSU – Here's an idea. I won't even copyright it whole because I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it since you're you're the state fan here. If they beat LSU at LSU, will you create a website called Fire Joe Mo No Mo? I might I might have to do that. Um, it's We're, just the problem. The problem is if he like loses Ole Miss like at the end of the year, I might have to delete it. No, you can just go back and forth, man. You can go back and forth. Go back and spend your time at Fire Joe Mo when they lose and go Fire Joe Mo. Fire Joe Mo no Mo. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the Steve Carell office scene whenever he talks about bros before hoes. And at the end of it, he's like, bros before hoes, unless your hoe treats you bad and suddenly even though you tell her you love her more than all the other hoes and suddenly at the end of the day she just breaks your heart, rips it out, and at the end of the day, she's no, she's not your hoe, no mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Well, I think, it's, it's, it's I, I think, I think you may be paraphrasing there a little bit, but I got the gist. Yeah, the gist. I got you. Mississippi State had LSU hold. At the beginning of the year, you oh, said geez. LSU sucks like three dicks. You said Kentucky sucks seven, and you said Vanderbilt sucks eight dicks. But now, LSU, I was right about Vanderbilt. Yeah, hey, you're right. Hey, but they didn't. They don't you take away that Notre Dame game from them now. Don't you yeah. take that away from them. They always have that. But um, LSU does not suck very dicks. They are doing good. They do say what do they say, JB? When they when they chant, don't you don't you don't you sugarcoat it. Anchor down. No, we're talking about LSU, JB. Which podcast are you on right now? <laughs> I mean, you were talking about Vanderbilt for a second. I figured you were asking me Vanderbilt. No, I said LSU. Go ahead, JB. Though, tell me, tell me what to say. I mean, they say go Tigers. Bullshit, JB. What do they say? <laughs> they have their little neck chant. You know, they 
but they don't really play it a lot uh, anymore. Suck that Tiger but, Dick, bitch. But there you go. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. Whoa. Jamie, no, you're, 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 we're going to fire you, man. Suck gonna... that Tiger Dick, bitch. Oh. See, now it's not cool, JB. You were the second one. I mean, actually, technically the third, because LSU came with it first. And Holt, uh, I, I just came up here and one-up told. It's exactly like Auburn. LSU made it, and then Mississippi State, and then Tennessee, right? Yeah. It's not cool to beat, not cool to beat uh, yeah. Auburn anymore. Um, although, everybody also does say go to hell LSU. So, I guess nobody likes LSU either. So, Mississippi State at LSU Holt. Um, LSU is six and a half point favorite. At the beginning of the year, we said that this was a game that LSU was get destroyed. Even though it's at LSU, Mississippi State's like a top, going to be a top ten team at this point. They're going to beat Florida. They're going to beat Kentucky and even Auburn. They're going to there's going to be six and zero, a top ten team. LSU is going to be. I've already had three losses, but it's not. It's not looking like that whole LSU is looking like a really good team. Mississippi State maybe is getting better with uh, beating Auburn. Um, even though it's not as popular to beat Auburn as it used to be, or as cool, I guess. Um, but Mississippi State's going to have to figure out a way to score against this LSU defense. And that means Nick Fitzgerald is probably going to have to pass the ball, and that's what they're going to make him do, I'm, I'm sure. Because they can't, he can't run all over all, uh, LSU's defense, right? Um, I mean, you would think not, except he did it last year. And Florida and Felipe Franks and their stable running backs ran the ball pretty well on LSU. So the strength of LSU's team, their defense, is going to be their secondary. Um, so the – you know, the strengths and weaknesses maybe match up a little bit. Um, but that being said, uh, LSU's DBs are so good that I think they can just play, like, man coverage across and then load up the box to stop the run. Um, so I think that's going to be the story of the game is how well Mississippi State's able to run the ball. They could regress the mean, as in they being LSU and the mean being what we thought they were, which is a seven-win team this year or six-win team. But um, this could be the start of it, Holt. So you could be on to something. And then you could do the Fire Joe, Joe Mo No Mo website because um, Mississippi State could get back in the top 15 with this one, I would think. And um, then the, the only bad thing about this one for Mississippi State, which I think I'm pulling for LSU because I, I, if Mississippi State was undefeated, if, sorry, if Mississippi State was undefeated, I, I'd pull for them. But I, I like seeing great teams at SEC. Yeah. And oh, I'm just really excited to see Missouri win this week. That's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, hey, yeah. we're got a little war starting here. We're we're a basketball school, so um, <laughs> don't don't make me don't make me remind you when I had almost everybody in Liberty Bowl joining the Revolution when Memphis scored first against Mississippi State. Yeah, I remember that. So um, you just might want to watch where you're stepping over there, Holt. I remember when Memphis scored first against Tennessee in 2010. We all know how that ended. Yeah, but Jamie, you can't. Both y'all, you can't. You can't step on Memphis like that because we're not supposed. We were never supposed to be in the same like league. I mean, y'all chose Ole Miss over Memphis, and how dare you um, choose Ole Miss over Memphis SEC? But it is what it is. But Holt says that Nick Fitzgerald and company is going to run over LSU. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I said. That's, that's, <laughs> what, I heard. that's what I heard. I'm quote him. Quote him. Quote him there. Um, and then Joe Burrow is not going to be able to throw the ball because, um, for one, he can't throw the ball. Two, um, he's not going to get any time. And three, they run the ball more than they throw the ball. So um, I guess that's a question, Holt. Um, Mississippi State's defensive line is good. They're good for pass rushing. Are they also multi-talented and handling stopping the run also? Yeah, the, they've been pretty good against the run this year. Um you know, obviously they struggled in the Kentucky game. 
um, that being like the one game. But other than that, they've stopped the run pretty well and um, actually have the number one scoring defense in the country, only giving up 12 points a game. Um, so it should be, you know, should be really tough for LSU to get the get the ball moving. They they really haven't been that great on, on offense this year. Um, they've just done really well on third down and in the red zone, which is when it really counts. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that up against Mississippi State this week. Very low-scoring game, am I right? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, maybe there could be, like, some points on special teams or maybe some – maybe a defensive touchdown or two. But I don't think either offense is really going to be – I don't think there's going to be a lot of offensive touchdowns in this game. JB, does Tennessee have their guy in Jeremy Pruitt? Uh, it's definitely looking much better. Uh, the best thing I wanted to see uh, from Tennessee uh, come out of the bye was improvement. And that's exactly what I saw. The biggest stat from that game was not just Garantano, but no turnovers in that game against Auburn. Low that flags was, too, right? Low flags. Yeah, flags were were oh. uh, minimal too as well. So you could definitely see a marked improvement in that Tennessee football team. It's uh, just a lot more discipline, uh, a lot more sound. Uh, the receivers are starting to merge. Uh, the pass protection was much improved, giving Garantano time to throw and. Garantano was able to really showcase himself against Auburn. So, yeah, that was a much improved team. I do remember, actually, now that I say that, that there were more flags than I than I recall originally just now against Tennessee. But it was more like they had a big play, big pass play, and they ca- got called back with some. some yeah, like in, in eligible first half, receiver first half at least. Yeah, First half at least. Second half, not so much. So, uh, Jeremy Pruitt has their guy. But you mean you mean Tennessee has their guy in Pruitt, right? Jeremy, no, Jeremy Pruitt has their guy. Jeremy Pruitt has their guy. He lives in Beaverton, Oregon, man. <laughs> um, at Oregon State. What I'm saying, JB, is that Tennessee looked good against Auburn. Now they have to play the other team in the state of Alabama. Do all of their hopes and dreams die this week with Alabama coming to town? No, because uh, they're expected to lose anyway. So I mean, Tennessee's playing with house money. They're a 29 point underdog. So. If Tennessee can keep under 29 points, I mean, that's a victory in itself. Uh, I mean, we, have, we all know Tennessee's not going to win this game. Uh, I think for Tennessee, like, if they can just compete with Alabama, maybe for a half, which is more than every other team this year, then I think that'd actually be good. I mean, if, if, can, if they can keep it under, you know, two touchdowns at halftime, that's a victory for Tennessee because every other team that Alabama's played, the game's been over then in the first quarter. If Tennessee beats Alabama this week, which is a CBS game, which kind of makes me wonder why it's a CBS game. I guess it's the rivalry is the whole big deal. But I think they just always pick Alabama, it seems like. Yeah. If Tennessee beats Alabama this week, JB, will you record yourself or take a picture of yourself eating asparagus? I eat asparagus anyway, so you're going to have to come up with something else. Oh, well, sorry, man. I love, I love third asparagus. Third, just making fun of Jeremy Pruitt. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy. yeah, there, there's a lot of things I will do. Jimmy's lost. Tennessee. There's yeah, a man. lot of – there's absolutely a lot of things I will do if Tennessee were to pull off the greatest upset in, its, in probably, uh, you know, 15, 20 years in that program. Would you like well, – I mean, a lot of things. Well, that's kind of that's kind of funny thing to say, Jack. What would you do? I mean, you're going to go um, – Eat some Waffle House? What? What's that? Eat some Waffle House? No, that would be more like a punishment. Well, that's you said you okay. do a lot of things. I, I guess I just don't understand what JB's trying well, to say. Well, I don't. I don't know. 
Like, I guess, like, yeah, I would eat Waffle House if Tennessee could beat Alabama. Absolutely, I would eat Waffle would House. Would you bat for the other team, JP? No. <laughs> huh. I guess you won't do it. I guess you don't want that win bad enough. Sorry. I guess they're going to lose by 30 now. Oh, well, JP. We all, well, I thought you had him. But uh, Tennessee is looking a lot better against Alabama. Unfortunately, or against Auburn, they look a lot better. But unfortunately, it does um, all hopes and dreams – die when you play Alabama. Like, you think you're doing well and, and pretty good in the SEC, and then Alabama comes down to just kill you, um, which isn't unusual for Tennessee. They, they do kill pretty much everybody they play, so it's not a big deal for Tennessee. But I'm actually kind of excited to see how fired up Neyland will be and Tennessee will be, because you know they will be after coming uh, off a big win against Auburn. Oh, yeah. like I think they're going to be ready to play. Uh, they're obviously just completely outmatched, but, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a good atmosphere this Saturday. Ever since Tennessee won the game against Auburn, there's a little bit of a renewed buzz in Knoxville, like maybe, you know, the tide is turning, no pun intended, <laughs> for for the volunteers. And, uh, you know, marked and proven is what the fan base wanted to see, and that's what they saw against Auburn. And if they were to show some improvement against Bama by competing with them for at least a half, maybe longer, then, yeah, I think a lot of people will see it. But now there's actually hope in Knoxville again that maybe this team could, you know, scratch and claw their way to make it to a bowl this year, which would be exceeding expectations for Coach Jeremy Prude and his staff. We shall see, JB. We shall see. Are you going to go all out for this game? Order some five guys, some wings, some beer? No, I'll probably just uh, bake a pan of Sofer's lasagna. Well, dang, that's anticlimactic, JB. God dang. <laughs> that's, a lo- that's a lonely life. That's a lonely, sad life you're living up there. I do, that, I do that for weeknights, not even for the weekend, JB. Come on, you do better. Yeah, I'll probably be something good that night. But, I mean, for the Tennessee-Alabama game, I'm just going to be relaxing watching it. Like, I'm not expecting much. I'm just – Wanting to see, you know, Tennessee compete hard, which they will, and just try to limit mistakes and try to limit the blowout. Not, I don't want Alabama to score 50. I'd rather see Alabama be score like 30. Holt, who's the best running back in the country? In the country? Yeah. Not, um, pro- I would probably have to go with uh, South Panola's finest, finest uh, Daryl Henderson. Where does he go to school? Uh, he went to South Panola. In baseball, Mississippi. I'll probably just talk. Where does he go to school he just, now? <laughs> he just stated it already. Where did he not go to school? He didn't go to school in Mississippi. The way y'all just said it, it was just such sarcasm. Uh, he went to South Manila. Right, well, you, can go, you can go back on Drew Locke's wiener now. I'm here to tell you that he went, he went to South Manila, but is going to the University of Memphis. And the University of Memphis plays Missouri, as in Holt's, Holt's main man, Drew Locke, at Missouri for homecoming. Missouri doesn't have a great defense, so I don't know how they're going to stop Daryl Henderson. They could, though, because um, Memphis doesn't play anybody great, apparently, except for Central Florida, even though they don't play anybody great. They lost. But did you know Holt not only – does Memphis have Daryl Henderson? They also have Brady White, who has more passing yards than your man Drew Locke. Yeah, that's interesting. Has he played Georgia or South Carolina on the road or Alabama so, on the road? Yeah, Florida and Navy in the rain. Don't forget about that Navy in the rain game. Yeah, Alex. Alex is about to go tell you to suck a dick. Else, be ready. No, oh, I mean, I think I'm about to come from the new saying because I feel like. I wait, 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 wait! Be ready to suck a dick, or be ready for him to tell me to. Yeah, I'm saying be ready for him to tell you to go suck a dick. <laughs> I've got Alex figured out, just like, you know, defensive coordinator figures out another offense. 
Go go eat a vagina, then that'd be a good thing. So you can't say that. Unless you're maybe you're not the type of guy. Who knows? Who knows? We we don't have to give that information. But two high powered offenses whole. So talk about the high powered offenses, Memphis, Missouri. Um, and a little disappointing how the seasons has turned out for Memphis and Missouri. So a little disappointing, but um, still maybe an entertaining game with offense, right, Holt? Yeah, I think this should be a really exciting high-scoring game. Uh, both offenses, you know, defenses maybe not so much. Um, but, you know, I'm, I know it's a really big game for Memphis. And, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Um, but it should be interesting. I'm a big fan of uh, Larry Roundtree the running back for Missouri. He's probably one of the more underrated players in the conference. Um, just uh, continues to have big games and big games. So I think that's going to be something for uh, Memphis stuff to deal with. Does and, it? Um, go ahead. Cause I think you're about to say what I was about to ask. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I, I was pretty much done. I, I guess I was just kind of talking to Phil Tom. Cause I didn't know if you're ready for yeah. Never talk, never, never talk to full time. We can, <laughs> we can talk about Memphis in that time. Baby, we're not breaking you today. We're not breaking you. Here is what I was going to say, Hold, is that you talk about Missouri's running back, but they also have probably the best tight end in, in the SEC, correct? Yeah, I can't say his name, though, so don't ask, please. Okay. What's, how do you say his name, Holt? <laughs> JB, what you laughing at? I was just ready for Holt to butcher the name. <laughs> Oh, man. It's, oh, his it's it's pronounced Alberto. Alberto, good good. All right, defense. all right, not bad. Don't worry. Bad. Well, you're gonna you're probably gonna hear a lot of his name because Memphis doesn't play great defense, so he's probably gonna go off on Memphis Saturday. But we shall see. And um, you know, Drew Locke, uh, when he really likes to show up, is against bad teams. So Memphis is really in trouble because against bad defenses, Drew Locke really likes to show up and uh, get all those stats in for uh, the end of the season. Don't worry, Brady White's Brady White's ready. Freddie White's ready to show him up because he has a, he has a out duel him. Um, so high power offense game that'd be exciting, but no defense. So anti SEC game. More more reason why Missouri should join the AAC and the high power offenses and not stay in the SEC. Conversation for a different day though. The worst game of the week in the SEC. Two worst games. Two bad games. Vanderbilt at Kentucky, which maybe could be a closer than we think. And then Tulsa at Arkansas. Both teams are one and six, so the worst game. If you go to if you do decide to go to Tulsa, Arkansas, don't worry. You can get tickets for as low as three dollars um, <laughs> at Fayetteville, Arkansas, Razorback Stadium. Uh, you will have to pay fees, so it might be like six dollars and thirty four cents or something like that. But you still can go see your hogs play a one and six team. Let's talk about Vanderbilt, Kentucky, because I feel like more people would be interested in that game. Are Vanderbilt and Kentucky rivals, rivals in the East, JB? Yeah, they're rivals. I mean, both of them have been the perennial doormats for decades. So it's always like the winner of that game doesn't have to finish last in the division. So who has the upper hand? Because they both suck, JB, according to you. I'm talking about historically. But, uh, yeah, it's still a rivalry. Uh, Kentucky definitely has upper hand this season. Uh, a few years ago, I would have said <laughs> – I would have said Vanderbilt because during the Franklin era, but now it's Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's a very impressive team. Uh, you know, they're coming off a bye, so I'm expecting a lot out of this Kentucky team. I expect them to absolutely steamroll Vanderbilt. Uh, but, JB, Vanderbilt did go up 21-3 to against Florida. So Yes, but they're they absolutely demoralized because I mean, you, you blew a 21-3 lead against a team that's not built to make those kind of comebacks. That's what 
absolutely kills me about this Vanderbilt team. Like, they, they should have been able to, you know, cruise to a victory if they just didn't, you know, fuck up. But that's exactly what they did. Damn, JB. Yeah, man. You're gonna be so mean about it. Yeah, chill. It's really gonna, it's really gonna suck when uh, Vanderbilt beats Tennessee later this year. Yeah, I'm just talking about. I'm, I'm not a Vanderbilt hater. I'm just really frustrated about how they couldn't hold that lead. I mean, I mean, I know Florida is a six and one team, but they are like the most least impressive six and one team that I've seen so far this season. I mean, Vanderbilt had that game in control, and all they had to do is just not screw it up, and that's exactly what they did. They screwed it up. Who's JB? Who's the most impressive one in sixteen you've seen this year? Uh, maybe, maybe Arkansas. I mean, they're they're one. They're what one in five? Is that what? No, they're one in six. So yeah, I guess. I guess we could, I guess we could say Arkansas. You almost had that. I was almost proud of you for a second. You were gonna f it up because you were gonna guess somebody besides Arkansas, and then you second guess if Arkansas <laughs> was one in six when we just said they were one in six. JB. Yeah, it's Arkansas because uh, they. <laughs> They they uh, nearly beat Ole Miss and they put up a really good fight against Texas A and M. So yeah, let's Arkansas is the best one and six team in the country. So everyone else go eat a dick. Oh, eat one. Okay, okay. Um, they should actually beat Tulsa this week. I think. Um, it. They should. Uh, they're a five and a half point favorite, but uh, Tulsa gave a really good fight last week uh, against what was it South, South Florida? Florida. South Florida. Yep. Yeah, and they and they had that they had that game in control and nearly uh, won that game. No, I actually I have a lot of respect for Arkansas. You know, they lose all their games. Um, they the only team they shouldn't have lost to is Colorado State, I think. Um, yeah, like even though even though Arkansas is one and six, like you can definitely see the uh, marked improvement in this team as the season has progressed. Like they are a much better team now than they were at the beginning of the season. You know, the first week. But we're just not seeing it in the results. But you can definitely tell by watching this team that the improvement is there. And I think they'll be rewarded this week and get a victory against Tulsa. Let's do some picks and get out of here, unless you want to talk about any of these games in more detail real quick. You guys don't want to talk about Auburn and Ole Miss a little bit more? Or a little um, bit more detail? Like, I know we kind of, we touched on Malzahn, but we didn't really talk about the yeah, game earlier. Really. Yeah. yeah, like for me, like, I, like I was mentioning earlier, uh, Ole Miss is a four-point underdog. But, I mean, they're playing at home, and Ole Miss has got some momentum right now. I mean, I know they're five and two, but I mean, I just I, the way I see it is that I, even though Ole Miss's defense has been bad, they have improved a little bit as the season has gone on, and Auburn has just completely gotten worse. So I actually think that Ole Miss's defense could be up to the challenge. He had a few stops against this Auburn uh, offense, and the way we saw Tennessee's offense, especially the passing game, move the ball against Auburn last week. Imagine what Ole Miss's passing game is going to be able to do against this Auburn secondary. I mean, Ole Miss is not going to have to run the ball at all because if, if what we saw last week occurs, I, th- I mean, I actually think Ole Miss could win this one handedly depending on how Auburn shows up for this one. So, yeah, this is this bodes trouble for Auburn if, they're, if they don't show up this week. Like, they have to really bring the effort, and they're going to have to uh, be able to slow down this Auburn, this uh, Ole Miss passing attack. Colt is yeah, – is um is Auburn or is Ole Miss hurts? Is their offense hurt by DJ Metcalf being gone out, out for the season, or will the other DK? DK? I like to call it DJ myself, <laughs> but yes, DK Metcalf. Yeah, you know, I I definitely think that it you know it's not it's not a huge loss uh, only because uh, you know obviously it's such a talented position for Ole Miss and they. Have already have AJ Brown and uh, Demarcus Lodge as well. 
and uh, they got some really highly recruited freshmen. Um, I'm sure who could step in and you know provide some talent at least there. Um, but uh, you know, DK Metcalf is kind of their big play guy. He's kind of their downfield guy. You know, Lodge and Brown are more you know the possession get first down type receivers. So maybe that may hurt him a little bit, not being able to go over the top quite as much. And um, you know, I do agree that I'm a little bit concerned about Auburn's secondary, but. Auburn's problem has been that they haven't been able to run the ball. And I think on Ole Miss, they're going to be able to run the ball and uh, establish the tempo. And uh, Sidham's going to be able to get a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. And uh, this is also a game that Auburn really needs to win. Like, they need this game. And Malzahn needs this game. And, if you know, like we were saying earlier, they need if they're going to go to a bowl game, they have to win this one. And, you know, Ole Miss came back and won that game last week. But if Arkansas's quarterback doesn't get hurt, I think Arkansas wins that game pretty easily. And, Ole Miss's offense kind of took a while to get going last week as well. You know, uh, they really didn't gain a lot of momentum until, you know, th- you know the second half. So, you know, I definitely, you know, I-, I see your concerns, and I definitely think that Ole Miss has a better passing game than Tennessee. But, you know, I still I still think Auburn uh, deserves to be favored in this game. Yeah. Um, I think Auburn's notorious, or at least Gus Mazan's notorious for winning games when he gets closer and closer to the hot seat just to get off. He does just enough to not get fired, has those random good years. So it could be like that year. We are talking about at the Tennessee game when Auburn started off really bad. I think it was 2016 maybe where they started off really bad and then they somehow got it together for that Mississippi State game and just killed Mississippi State. So that could be what the case is for this, right, Holt? Yeah, definitely. You like to bring up that game for some reason. I don't know why, but you just I actually don't just hate always Tuesday. you just like always love bringing up that game. Every like I don't know why, but it just seems like all the time you always want to bring up that game. And like That's that a... was probably that was probably the worst perf- Mississippi State performance I've ever seen. And that includes the Egg Bowl last year. Like that game, like I've never been more upset to watch a Mississippi State game in my entire life. And like Alex just loves bringing it up. I don't know. It's always just... like a time I brought. I would. I, would say I don't know. I mean, no, dude, you brought that up like at least six times since we started doing this podcast. <laughs> Pretty you know, sure maybe I should like... just maybe I should just start talking about like some of Memphis's losses like over the last few years. I know there's like a few of them. Hey, you guys maybe, we could just, maybe we could just start talking about how you know UCF. You know, they blew that game against UCF last week because they didn't know how to spike the ball or whatever happened. What did happen? I still don't know. All I know is they let the clock run out. They had a touchdown. They were, call they were back. in field goal range. They had actually a touchdown call back near the end of the game that actually would have won it. Apparently, on a bad call, what some Tiger fans are telling me. I'm sure they are. Blame yeah, we got rest. cheated by the rest. That's what that's what happened. We got cheated. Yeah, typical Memphis fan excuse. <laughs> hey, we that's, still. Have- hey, you know what, Alex? That's why y'all are never gonna make it in the SEC. Well, I'm sorry. We we'll we'll be happy with our <laughs> man. Hold we'll, is bringing the heat on you, Al. <laughs> we'll be happy with our uh, Central Barbecue, Gus's, um, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and and Waffle Houses in Memphis, and Electric Cowboy. So we don't we don't need the SEC. Y'all need us. <laughs> please act like y'all are happy with Vanderbilt and Kentucky game in Arkansas please we, we could we could bring more to the table don't worry that's all good we, we're power six now baby <laughs> man that actually reminds me of me acting like really stupid last Saturday night because I know I was saying some stupid stuff we'll talk about it another time but I, I yeah it. yeah I don't know about I don't know about you guys but I am ready to get down to fix because uh, me and Holt right now are in a dead heat after midway through the season. We're both tied. Debbie, so one of us has got to take a lead. <laughs> Debbie's ready to go to sleep. That's what that is. He's ready to go to sleep. He's like, oh, I'm ready to pick. I mean, y'all need to hurry the fuck up and so I can go to sleep. 
All right, that's fine, JB. That's fine. If you don't like this podcast, that's fine. We'll go ahead and get to the picks. All right, let's go, JB. Let's go, time. Let's. Do, you want to start with non-conference first? Yeah, let's get the non-conferences, and we'll save the SEC for last. All right, JB, you ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah, damn right. All right, Cincinnati at Temple. Let's go Bearcats. <laughs> All right, JB, I'm just kidding. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That's God not damn it, it Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was surprised you had that one ready to go, though. You were like, had that one in your back pocket. You must have really studied because you had the, those yards down for Washington State and Oregon, but you really even knew about the Cincinnati Temple game. That's good for you, JB. Shout out to you for, for figuring this one out. All right, serious now. Big games. We'll start off with uh, Michigan at Michigan State, JB. Michigan, go blue. I like Michigan big in this one. I can never say go blue, but, I mean, you could have said Michigan. I got you. If you want to be in the Big Ten, that's fine. We'll, we'll jump to SEC for you as in Memphis. Holt, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Michigan as well. Um, but Mark D'Antonio always has a way of uh, keeping this game close, so I think it's going to be a close game. Side note, or side question, has Jim Harbaugh figured out Michigan finally? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think they are. I might not pick them to go to the playoff, man. They had that one loss against Notre Dame to start the season. They have been running the table since then, and I actually think they probably will run the table all the way to Ohio State. So, yeah, I can't go. I, I think they do have them figured out. Especially well, what after about performance against Wisconsin? What about when they lose to Penn State, though? They're not going to lose to Penn State, Holt. You sure? I'm not sure. Jeff. Penn State's not ready to have three loss here, though. That's the thing. We'll see. We'll Dude, see. Michigan's State, defense yeah. is not ready for Trace McSorley. Michigan has good defense. Michigan's defense is really good. I mean, Coach Brown, the defensive coordinator, he has always got them ready to play every week. That's one of the most underrated units in the country is that Michigan defense. They, they really just swarm the ball. Except Holt. when they played Penn State last year. What? Go ahead. Holt, NC State at Clemson. Yeah, I got to go with Clemson. Uh, I do think NC State will cover, but I just don't think uh, I don't think they have the horses this year to beat Clemson. JB. I met an NC State fan last week in Atlanta that swore by me that NC State <laughs> is ready to go to the playoff this year if they can beat Clemson. And he thinks they actually are a playoff contender right now. I hate to tell you, man. I hate to tell you, man, but I am not on the NC State bandwagon. Just looking at their schedule, they haven't really played anybody. They're now going to play Clemson. In Clemson, you got to go with Clemson here. Clemson's just the better team. What What time did he tell you that NC State was going to the playoff? Why does the time matter? Well, just give me a, give me an estimate. Was it like eight eight p.m.? Was it eight a.m.? Was it Noon was it nine p.m. Was it after ten p.m.? I don't know. I like to think it's like maybe like ten a.m. ten o'clock p.m. Eastern. It was later than that, Debbie. It was it was after it was after ten. My point is, how much do you think there was? Uh, how much how much alcohol do you think was involved with that forecast? I don't even think alcohol matters. I actually think he actually thought his team had a chance, and I can't I can't fault him for that. I mean, they are undefeated. They're sixteenth in the country, and I like seeing programs like NC State do well. I just am not buying it yet. But if they were to somehow beat Clemson, I would absolutely be buying it. But for now, I'm not. I got to go with Clemson. Oh, keep it short and don't elaborate too much. We're on a time crunch because JB has to go to sleep. But is Clemson the second best team in the country? No. I think Ohio State's the second best team in the country. It could change by year end, correct? Yeah, I need to see more out of Trevor Lawrence. Okay, got you. Um, last non-conference game, Oregon at Washington State. Holt. I'm going to go with Wazoo here. Got to go with uh, boy Gardner Minshew 
And uh, Oregon's coming off a tough overtime win last week. And uh, I think uh, it's the first time they've had game day at Wazoo. So I think they're going to be up for it. I think they're going to play a great game and they're going to get the win over Oregon. Jamie. Stat here. Miss, or, uh, Oregon has three wins against top 25 teams this year. They're going to get their fourth win this week. Oregon's going to beat Wazoo with game day in town. Mm. I'm going to say Washington State and disagree with you, but um, you aren't keeping track of my picks, so whatever. Uh, Tulsa game. Tulsa at Arkansas, JB. We got Shoot, I was trying to do the, the call the hogs, but blue pig. Arkansas is going to win. <laughs> Yeah, we're not ready for the big leagues just yet, Debbie. We can start off with this podcast first, and then we can we can get you. <laughs> Man, I just got a little, you know, a little tickle me tongue twister. <laughs> Auburn at Ole Miss. <laughs> uh, gotta gotta go with Auburn. I think uh, the Gus bus uh, is uh, pulled over and gotten a spare tire put on, and that's all they're going to need to get through Oxford. Debbie, going with Ole Miss. They got the wrong team favorite, Alex. Mm, I'm going to go with Auburn, break the tiebreaker. Alabama at Tennessee, JB. Alabama, but Tennessee covers the 29 points. Alabama by Big Holt. Alabama by 42. There you go. There's my Alabama fan right there. Um, Memphis at Missouri. Holtz. Missouri. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry. Um, so Memphis for whole Debbie, you got Memphis too? Great. Memphis, Memphis. All right, cool. So we'll kiss, we'll go to the next one. Um, Mississippi State at LSU. Okay, Alex, uh, you actually got to let me uh, say who I'm picking so then we can document this for Holt. Okay, go ahead. I am going with Memphis in the upset. Well, I said Mississippi State at LSU. Oh, you were picking Memphis? Yes, I am picking Memphis. But oh, I just why? had to tell you so you can document it. Why? Because I think Memphis's offense is going to be able to outscore Missouri. Ooh, all right. Missouri's off. Missouri. I think I think strong. Memphis is going to win because they're going to have more points than the other team at the end of the game. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And hey, T-shirt. Mississippi State. I know she hold. Um, I gotta go with LSU. If this game was in Starville, I'd go with Mississippi State. Um, I think this both defenses are going to play really well in this game. Um, I think LSU's coming off a really big win, so they may not be – they may not come out really hot. But uh, I think that LSU's special teams is a little bit better and um, also really like their field goal kicker more than Mississippi State's uh, to, to go along with that. And uh, I like LSU's coverage teams, the kick kickoff team, punt team a lot more. I think they're going to have better field position the whole game. And uh, I think Death Valley at night is going to be a little bit too much for – Joe Moorhead in his first uh, big SC road game. JB. LSU in a low-scoring game. Mm. Death Valley factor. You got to go with the home team here. Ah. Vanderbilt at Kentucky, JB. Kentucky. Go Big Blue. Um, Holt. Yeah, I got to go Kentucky. Um, maybe close to the first half, but I think Kentucky pulls away in the second half. And uh, after what Florida did running the ball on – Vanderbilt last week, I think Kentucky is going to have a field day on the ground, but he's still going to have a big game. All right, all right, all right. That concludes our picks and our week eight preview.
appreciate if any of y'all have listened this long to this show and to us in general. We have had more than 30 listeners the past eight weeks, I think. So we're doing we're doing something big here, and we want you to hop on board the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast train. Uh, I guess that's what we're saying. But um, seriously, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, SEC Slow Smoke. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, everything else, where podcasts are available at SEC Slow Smoke. And um, as Holt would like to know, he would like to have some motherfucking feedback from you great listeners. If you think JB talks too much or JB laughs too much, um, let us know. If you think Holt makes fun of Memphis too much, let us know. If you think I don't cuss enough, let us know. We just want to know so we can do more or less of what you like. That's all I got to say. Holt, anything else? Uh, I just want to say we didn't pick it because it's too obvious, but Purdue is hosting Ohio State on Saturday night. And uh, it's only a 13-and-a-half point line, so it uh, should be kind of interesting. Ohio State hasn't really been st- able to stop anybody, and Purdue's been scoring it well lately. So maybe exciting uh, high-scoring game in uh, West Lafayette, Indiana, on Saturday night. Ooh. Shout out to the whole geography skills. JB? And I, I, know we, I know we all uh, hate Ohio State, so we can all watch that together, uh, pulling against Ohio State. Cool. JB, last words? Uh, yeah, I'm about to go eat. <laughs> all right, it's about time. All right, we'll see y'all next week or next uh, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, whatever you listen to us.